Misha from Chechnya to do his so-called dirty work. Um, <clears throat> and all their tactics will be on their own, on their own head, you know, for whatever they do. But no matter what happens, it's inevitable he's going to get what he wants. Is that correct? Yes, Mike. He will get what he wants. And then the the way the world will respond will dictate the next step. Okay. If the world, you understand, Putin and the Ukraine, it's a done deal. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to say I'm, that. We're but, sorry to say that, yeah. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm just saying, it, look, even if I will say it's not, the facts on the ground shows the opposite. I mean, if you go on my telegram, I'm I'm reporting non-stop Russian attacks from the air, from the sea, from the ground. And and yes, the Russians suffered some losses. Yes, there's no doubt. But they haven't even used their sophisticated weapons yet. I mean, we're talking about just uh, softening the, the 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 target right now. And when the time comes and they they start pumping in all of their ground troops and all of their special units and using yeah. all of those very sophisticated weapons that they have, it's, it's not going to look good. And so what Vladimir Zelensky, the president of the Ukraine, which I believe, by the way, he's a wonderful person. The guy is not sitting in an office or in a bunker, or did not even flee um, Ukraine. He actually, I just loaded the, a video him in Kiev outside showing all the leadership of the countries with him. No one surrendered. No one is hiding. Nobody is fleeing the country. They're all there defending their country. He says a very, you know, obviously this is exactly what Putin wants. He wants to catch him. He wants to, he wants to kill him for him. By the way, Israel, I don't know if you know that when uh, Naftali Bennett, the prime minister of Israel went to see Putin, few weeks ago, uh, there was already crisis, of course. And he offered, he said, look, uh, Mr. Putin, the Ukrainian president offered that Israel will mediate between the, the two of you. Putin was so angry. He said, do not mess up with that Nazi. You better cut all, uh, all uh, ties with him concerning this this thing, it's not for you to intervene. He, he literally told the Israeli Prime Minister, uh, "Sit down and don't talk. This is not for you. It's something bigger than you." Wow. And uh, l- let's face it, it is bigger than Israel. It's bigger than Europe, and uh, everybody can see that. But I, I, I know that probably the next question should be directed to Barry about. Okay, so how will it eventually come to the doorpost of Israel? Because it will. And this is where Bible prophecy is very rich in description. You see a lot of people say, well, where where is this war in the Bible? And I keep telling them, wars between countries are not in the Bible necessarily, unless they have something to do with Israel, the nation or the people, the, the, the land or the people. And so I do believe that Pastor Barry has a, a great way of of explaining how it can affect the borders with Israel and how it can affect uh, how the Bible is describing that which can be the outcome of this conflict in in Europe. I'm gonna and I'm gonna add a few um, caveats to this. This is gonna be the big, hairy, audacious question. 
<laughs> to uh, Pastor Barry. <clears throat> Adding to what Amir said, people, a lot of people in the forum right now are wondering, what is what is Turkey's role in this whole thing? And what is Iran doing right now with the distraction of the world looking at Ukraine? What is Iran doing, Pastor Barry? What role does China have in any intentions uh, over Taiwan? Um, <clears throat> is this the inevitable necessity that is a prerequisite for the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 and 39 and the role of all those countries I mentioned? <clears throat> it's going to take you time to unpack that, so please go right ahead. <laughs> well, I think very definitely we're seeing the, the precursors to it, if not the opening stages of it. And, uh, you know, we've got a couple of things on the prophetic horizon, and one being Isaiah 17.1 and the destru destruction of Damascus and its cessation from being a city. And it was interesting that early on in this, I believe even before uh, the actual boots on the ground portion of this invasion of Ukraine, that uh, Putin was sending warnings to Israel about incursions uh, into Syria and specifically Damascus and uh, cautioning them about continuing these forays and sorties uh, into Syria, where there is a Russian, Turkish, and Iranian presence. And uh, interesting that even uh, two days ago, uh, there was a tweet that came out of the Russian mission, uh, the representatives to the UN, uh, Polanski said, we're concerned over Tel Aviv's announced plans for expanding settlement activity in the occupied Golan Heights, which contradicts the provisions of the 1949 Geneva Convention. Russia doesn't recognize Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights that are part of Syria. So, you know, the, the focus may now be on Ukraine. And, but as Amir said and often says, and rightfully so, listen, Bible prophecy is winding down to one geographic area of the world comprised of some 8,000 square miles. And that is the nation of Israel. And uh, this is really what uh, is driving the force. And when you when you find that someone is motivated by evil, you can be sure that Satan is behind it. And these economic things that are happening uh, with this advancement of Russia into Ukraine and basically gaining control over the natural resources we just talked a moment ago, talked about a moment ago, that includes access to natural gas uh, through Europe, which is a mainstay. Uh, as well as petroleum products, which is a mainstay of the Russian economy. 60% of the Russian economy is petroleum-based products and natural gas products or, or uh, energy-related products, and they can't afford to have competition coming from Israel or anywhere else. And with the fourth largest natural gas pipeline in Ukraine and all the other natural resources, we see that the economic motivation behind the invasion, eventually that will happen uh, in Israel, is already in play. And the last thing they could afford to allow is the East Med pipeline, uh, piping gas from the Leviathan gas field down into Greece and over into Italy and up into Europe. Uh, they're simply not going to stand for that. That's going to basically uh, dissolve all of these efforts and, and the rewards for those efforts uh, that, uh, you know, are making the national news. But without question, uh, Israel is the end target. Uh, all of these things of all of these things that are going on. But, you know, Mike, there's another element that I think to be interesting, especially uh, with the fact that Ukraine and Russia have long been considered the breadbasket of Europe. They're a major supplier of food. And if you look again at the writer uh, on the black horse in Revelation chapter six, 
there is an extensive global famine that takes place there. And uh, the BBC just ran an article yesterday about the impact economically that the uh, the Ukraine invasion will have on the world. Uh, it says, number one, energy bills, petrol and plane ticket prices will jump, uh, with Russia being the second biggest exporter of crude oil. Uh, Brent crude has already jumped to over 100 bucks. It rose in futures 60% in one day. A 60% in oil futures uh, rise in one day. It says that food prices are going to be affected and the ripple effects of the Russian invasion will hit shopping baskets around the world. Uh, Russia and Ukraine export one-fourth of the world's uh, wheat products and a half of the world's sunflower-based products, including sunflower oil. Uh, investment markets are going to take a hit. Uh, the BBC article says, and it just goes on and on and on with the economic impact, including cars being more expensive, Russia being one of the world's largest suppliers of uh, metals used in car manufacturing, things such as nickel and uh, other things that are used in the manufacture of cars. So, you know, this is a big deal, and it potentially has uh, prophetic implications that reach into the tribulation period. And as I said, you know, this hook in the jaw, I, I think is very, very possible that the hook is in the mouth of Gog, and it's about to be set by the Lord because it's the Lord that's going to draw them down from the north uh-huh. and create this invasion. Exactly. And uh, I, I think that's uh, about to happen because, you know, Satan and the Lord are about to throw down in battle uh, during the tribulation period. And, of course, we know the Lord's going to win. So yes. I, I think the prophetic implications of this are huge. And uh, mm-hmm. we need to be looking up our redemption is nigh because the Antichrist can't rise to power. Until we're in the Father's house with yeah. Jesus, and that's exactly that's exactly why I'm so I'm so glad this is the last thing uh, that Barry said in his answer. The Antichrist cannot rise until we are out of here, and and the reason why I'm saying that, and there's so much confusion in the body of Christ about the Book of Revelation, about the Antichrist. They're taking things that are happening today as if. The beast is around us as if, as if the, the Antichrist might be Putin or might be this, or might be that. Folks, we cannot, as believers, see even the Antichrist because the Bible says in Second Thessalonians <clears throat> chapter 2 that the mystery of lawlessness is, yes, already at work. Only he right. that is restraining the Holy Spirit in us, he that is restraining is doing so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. And so we have to remember, this is, by the way, Mike, uh, this is why I wrote this book called Revealing Revelation. Revelation might be a scary book. Um, I think you have a copy so you can show people what it looks like. But Revelation has, it's a very scary book for those who don't know the book. It's a, It shouldn't be a scary book for the believer. It should be a scary book for the non-believer. Because if you are not a believer, this book will detail everything you're going to go through. And by the way, what we see now is nothing compares to what the world is going to go through. And and so it has to be very, very clear, Mike, that the Antichrist is not here yet. Putin is not the Antichrist. You know, Macron is not the Antichrist. I mean, all these things. Folks, the Antichrist is the second beast that will rise from the sea. It's going to be after the first beast is already there to declare him as the world leader. This is not where we are 
We need to be out of here. This is why the believers have to always look up because our redemption draws near. But not only that, we need to keep our eyes on what's going on in Damascus because once Damascus is out and this war is coming, we we need to be out of here because we will be out before the peace bringer, the man of peace of the false peace, will rise from Europe to introduce peace to this very, very troublesome part of the world. So um, this is why it's important to me that people will divide the word rightly and not make a big uh, Middle Eastern salad from all scriptures that we know so well, but we fail so many times to put them in the right context. The The next thing that we see, Barry and I, we teach about it, many times we we look at the destruction of damascus and and the the war of ezekiel as the next thing prophetically israel is back already in the land jerusalem is back in our hands the temple cannot be standing before the antichrist will allow us to do so as part of the peace deal that he will offer so we don't have to see the temple standing ourselves, but Jerusalem has to be in our, our hands. That's right. the, fig tree, the fig tree has to come back to life. This has happened in our lifetime as a generation. This is the generation that has seen more prophecy fulfilled than any other generation since the time of Jesus. So we've seen enough to know that uh, those wars and rumors of wars, all of this, this is just the beginning. But it's the beginning of stuff that will be way worse in the tribulation. We are watching the birth pangs. And for us, this is the only thing we need to watch because beyond the birth pang is not for us anymore. We we need to be out of here for the actual travail, for the actual judgment, for the actual war of God on on earth, on the people of this earth will 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 start we are the ambassadors we have to be called back home before god wages war on this evil world so yes it's important that we recalibrate our understanding of prophecy and current events to understand that we cannot be shaken or surprised by what's going on but we should not misinterpret that as events of the tribulation already these are two different things, and you better study your book of Revelation as a believer in order not to be scared, in order to be comforted and excited and encouraged that the Lord is not going to let you go through all of those terrible things that uh, uh, the world is going to go through. And by the way, no matter how bad this war is going to be, or even the next war, it is not even... of what the real catastrophes of this world are going to to be during the tribulation. So it's very Well, we only have 10 minutes left. And I want to put this question to both of you. So I I want both of you to answer. For the believer, this whole Ukraine invasion by Russia, how are we to, what are we to do? What are we supposed to do? You know, we, we do we go protest? Do we raise money? Do we um, do we hide ourselves in a cave? Do we get angry and protest? I mean, what advice can you give people worldwide for a healthy application? 
you know, the, the non-believers are all over the board. They're just full of emotion and they're expressing it in whatever way that they, they, they deem. But uh, what would Jesus instruct the church to do right now, Pastor Barry? <clears throat> Mike, I think the most important thing we need to remember right now is there, there are no amendments to the Great Commission. Uh, we yeah. preach the gospel to every creature, and we have a distinct advantage right now because we know where things are going. Uh, the, unbe- the unbelievers all over the map, because that's exactly where they would be, because discernment is exclusive to those who have been born again. And we can dissect the word of God, watch with uh, calculated speculation and some good history behind us, as well as uh, the inspiration of the spirit, and walk our way through these things. And, uh, you know, some of it is... Uh, like many prophecies, you really won't know all the specifics and details until they're fulfilled. But we definitely see the players of the Bible lining up uh, for this invasion from the north when God draws them down uh, to invade Israel, to take uh, energy-related plunder and booty, as we've been talking about. But the fact is, we need to take advantage of that and tell people about Jesus. And when people are worried and concerned and living in fear, uh, we need to tell them God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And our thoughts don't need to run away with us in times like these because we know the end of the story. We've read the back of the book. And uh, so, again, uh, you know, yes, we need to be praying. Yes, we need to be financially supporting, uh, you know, valid ministries in Ukraine, uh, ones that are proven and and maybe even personally recommended by somebody because there's a lot of charlatans out there all over the world. But most of all, uh, people within our reach, we need to be telling about Jesus because the Bible is unfolding in its final pages right before our eyes right now. And if we're going to do anything with this, uh, we need to let it be a motivation to get out there and tell the lost about the Lord. Exactly. Mike, even if we walk to Ukraine right now and stop the the, the Russian tanks with our body and save Ukraine, people without Jesus will still go to hell. Uh, So what's the point of doing everything but giving them the gospel? when only the gospel can really save them and and not secure them now also with a peace that surpasses all understanding, but secure them with eternal life. So, you know, support a gospel preaching ministry that is also helping in the community. We apparently know few well, deep-rooted, very good Ukrainian churches in America mm-hmm. that are connected to the Ukrainians yeah. there. And if you want us, uh, if you want to help, we will gladly direct you to them. We do not want to see anything from you. We want to give you their details so you can directly help. And these are people whom we know, we trust. They are men and women of God people of prayer and people of hard work. And uh, we actually, it's a divine thing. Uh, Mike, we just got to know them in the last few months. Yeah, ever since uh, ever since the month of August, I think, is, is when we got to know them. And uh, maybe, maybe for such a time as this. So mm-hmm. I would say uh, if you have any questions, what we are going to do is we're going to prepare a some sort of a, I guess, uh, a paper with every everything, all the details of these uh, ministries in America, and uh, we will refer you to them directly. 
We will probably put it in the comment section of YouTube and Facebook as well as post it uh, also as a post. And so we want to encourage you not just to pray, but also to uh, support and give uh, for this cause. There's a lot of people without food right now. There's a lot of people without a roof above their head right now in the Ukraine. And those churches are connected to the local churches there that can mobilize things. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Amir, yeah, yeah, just to expand on that, um, I was on the phone yesterday all afternoon with Ukrainian leaders and pastors. They met last night to discuss the inevitability of Ukrainian refugees coming into uh, all the countries of Europe and and in the United States and Canada as well. So they're trying to strategize because these are churches. It's a whole network of churches. How do you feed people? Where are you going to house them? Um, what about jobs? What about visas? All of this requires resources, time, and mm. and this is, um, you know, for the body of Christ to love on people practically, this is going to be a huge, <clears throat> huge thing. Now, I know we're out of time. Yes. Um, so, you know, let me just, can I just make an observation, uh, Pastor Barry and Amir? Absolutely. Sometimes prophecy hurts. And here's what I mean. <clears throat> when we see prophecy being fulfilled, It is very exciting, but there's a lot of people that are impacted by the events of prophecy being hurt. Wars hurt. They they get hurt by evil actions of evil people that the Bible predicted that is going to happen, but they're not hurt by the prophecy. (laughs) Yeah, God's not responsible for the pain. Humans are. It's their decisions. God just happened to know in advance what they would do. Mm-hmm. Knowing something in advance doesn't make you responsible for what happens. That's right. And I think that's an important place to end here is that God, although he knew all of this would happen and even in large part predicted it, it is absolutely human responsibility, in this case, Putin, of what he's actually doing. <clears throat> but also our responsibility as Amir and Pastor Barry articulated is to do what we can to exhibit the love of Jesus, bring people to the Lord and practically love them for their daily needs, especially the household of God first. So with and that, I want to, I'm going to uh, close my section and hand it back over to you, Amir. I just want everybody to also know that the, the potential of this war to be much bigger is there. I know that uh, uh, the uh, French uh, foreign minister just said, let Russia not forget that the NATO is also a, a uh, an alliance of nuclear powers he used that word the n word of of, of weapons and he also uh, we know that uh, chernobyl the uh, inf- infinite uh, uh uh reactor uh close to the belarusian border in ukraine uh, is now controlled by russians and so there's some some uh complains that the level of radiation is now elevated now it's higher than it was um we're trying to gather more information about but the, the potential of of this conflict is much bigger uh when it comes to suffering and loss of lives and uh you know escalation to a, a, I will say that to world war 3 you know, I'm not going to hide behind anything. Uh, the, the the potential for it to eventually evolve into World War III is huge. And uh, 
The Bible tells us two things. The Bible tells us to always pray for peace, uh, to live in peace. And there will be peaceful times to pray for leaders and all of that. But also the Bible tells us that there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. So, so we do, we do need to pray for peaceful times, but we also need to understand the evil heart of man and to understand that when wars come, God is not out of control. He said it is going to come. Not just wars, sometimes just rumors of wars. And that alone can scare people and create some uh, uh, escalation. So without that uh, said, uh, thank you, Pastor Barry. Uh, do you have any last, last words or are, are, are we okay? Yeah, I think we're okay. Just keep looking.